Hi everyone and welcome to Growth Leap. I'm your host, Michel Gagnon. Today we're doing things slightly differently. I wanted to provide you with a bit more variety and have the opportunity to share a bit more my thoughts, our ideas, our experiments. Today we're doing a solo episode. We'll continue to have amazing guests. We have one coming up very soon with Henning Heinrich from Hootsuite. But in the meantime, let's get started and talk about marketing channel strategy. I've probably wasted months of my life either on the wrong marketing channel or doing a poor job using one of them. I still cry sometimes alone in my bed thinking about it. Marketing channels are how you get your message across to your prospects and customers. Social media, email marketing, YouTube search, advertising blogs, they're all marketing channels. Picking the right channels and using them properly can help you find customers, increase your sales, and build overall your brand. But before you start a a tweeting frenzy and make the same mistakes that I have made, you want to start by developing a coherent digital channel strategy. And I'll cover specifically what are marketing channels and how to think about them. What are some of the top channels with uh, their advantages and pitfalls? And I'll give you real-life examples of coherent digital marketing strategies. Let's get started. Marketing channels are how you reach your audience, prospects, and customers. They include the, the tools or the paths that you use to generate awareness, build relationships, and establish credibility, influence buying decisions, and ultimately convert leads into customers. Some growth marketers see channels as just a long list of options that you can pick from. LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, email, TikTok, video, influencer marketing. But it's not enough to pick a channel. You need to approach them the right way because there are a lot of dumb things that you can do on LinkedIn or Twitter. Since channels are your path to uh, your prospects and customers, you need to select those where your target audience is. Otherwise, you'll be choosing a road that leads to a ghost town. If your target customers are photographers, you could decide to focus on channels where photographers hang out. So Instagram, Behance, Visco. When you start with where your target audience is, channel strategy becomes so much less overwhelming. You don't need to be on all the hype new social media channels. You just need to be where your audience is. Marketing channels help you reach real human beings. That means you should behave like a human, not like a a creepy weirdo. One way to avoid being the creepy weirdo is by following this simple approach. I like to group marketing channels according to the type of relationships they create between your audience and your business or yourself. Here's what I mean. You can broadcast a message or information with ads, with YouTube videos or or social media posts. If you put an ad on a billboard, you are broadcasting or or pushing information. People have the choice to look at it or not, but you are still pushing the information. People can also find you through search, which instead of you pushing the information, it's them pulling it. You can also share, communicate, and build relationships with social. And finally, you can go direct with email, text message, or chat, and um, you know, reach your target audience directly. For each of these four buckets, you can pick the channels that will make most sense for your business, products, and overall strategy. 
If you do your homework properly, you will end up with a cross-channel marketing strategy built around the objectives and relationships you want to have with your target audience. In his book, Traction, How Any Startup Can Achieve Explosive Customer Growth, Gabriel Weinberg, who's the founder and CEO of DuckDuckGo, claims that there are 19 marketing channels, including viral marketing, public relations, search engine marketing, social display ads, offline advertising, SEO, content marketing, name it. I'll cover a few critical ones right now. First is social media. It's a great way to listen to and reach potential customers on the platform of their choice. You can discover problems to solve. Um, Avid Cal has a, a great book on this. You can learn about their challenges um, or questions that they have. And most importantly, you can build relationships with influencers, with customers and leads, which is great to get feedback, get ideas, find your potential next uh, team member or co-founders. If you have not read it yet, I recommend Arvid Kahl's book, The Embedded uh, Entrepreneur, How to Build an Audience-Driven Business. He does a fantastic job at teaching you how to use social media to uncover problems to solve. On the other hand, social media can easily become a black hole, sucking all your time and energy without giving any results. Right? You need a system to figure out where and how you spend your time. Social media can often turn into a useless gossip or opinion cafe, feeding big, broken, and, and, and fragile egos. We've experimented a lot uh, with social media over the years. I'll be honest, we've suffered from the spaghettification of the time-sucking social media black hole. More recently, we've concentrated our efforts mainly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Both um, of these channels have been a great source of leads, potential podcast guests, and also problems to solve. Next, email marketing. It's been around for decades, and it's still one of the most effective ways to reach, nurture, and convert potential customers. Some uh, predicted the end of email marketing a few years back, but it has remained a strong marketing channel because you own your list. Medium can go down, Twitter can ban you, Facebook can steal your data, but you own your email list and can reach people directly. A simple, regular, an authentic newsletter can help build your relationship uh, with your audience, obviously provide value and give them something that is worth reading and generate sales. I think that growing an email list is relatively easy. The hard part is keeping your subscribers engaged. That's the real challenge. If you send a sporadic emails without much substance, obviously don't be surprised to see depressing open rates and a depressing number of unsubscribes. What we've done is we've used our newsletter to keep our audience in the loop of our latest pieces of content, products, and events. And we know that uh, people have lives and they're not necessarily waking up in the morning just to wait to see our next piece of content. So uh, the newsletter is a great way to drive people back to our website, podcast, social media channels. So it's another way to stay uh, top of mind. Podcast is another great channel. It allows you to show another aspect of your personality and expertise. Spotify, Apple, and Google give your potential audience another place or another opportunity to find you. It's a great way to reach people who are not actively looking for your content. Producing a podcast takes hard work. Producing a podcast that people will listen to is even harder, trust me. So you need to find your unique angle 
what differentiates you from uh, the other podcasters and keep asking yourself, what value am I providing that makes this episode worth listening to? We've been running our own show, The Growth Leap Podcast, for a while, and it has enabled us to develop genuine relationships with founders, innovators, and thought leaders. There's a, a long list, so uh, subscribe if it's not done already. But it's a, a fabulous way to connect with people without necessarily having to ask for something. It also gives you credibility when you're approaching a prospect or potential partner. Webinars, which is not that far away, also give you the opportunity to share knowledge, actionable tips and experiences with a crowd who wants to be there. You're not broadly broadcasting a message. You get in front of your audience and answer their most pressing questions. Webinars, however, have become very popular since the COVID pandemic started. Many marketers and entrepreneurs um, started using evergreen webinar funnel strategy with pre-recorded webinars. I think people are now used to it, and it's become uh, quite easy to just be another templated, boring, low-value webinar if you're not careful. Also, organizing and promoting webinars require quite a bit of effort and time. So, And if no one shows up, well, not so cool. What we've done on our end is that webinars have been a very powerful way to grow our email list. We were able to gain hundreds and hundreds of subscribers with some of our Growth Talks webinars that we organized. What we've done basically was instead of me um, having to present everything or me having to manage a guest like I usually do in podcasts, I've decided to have a mini panel right, with just two other experts and, and founders and leaders. I think it's a great format. It's, it's not too much a stress or effort on the participant. It's very natural. We can have uh, a conversation and bounce ideas. If you've missed those growth talks, don't worry. Uh, you can watch them. You just go on our website in the resource section. And we plan to do more of those this year. We promoted the webinars as LinkedIn events and invited, as I said, very smart people, some who had previously been on uh, our podcast. It was another way for us to really deepen that relationship and provide value for the people who actually showed up. Now I'm going to give you three examples of real life, uh, what I like to consider coherent channel strategy. And to be able for you to get there, you have to look at your channels as a transportation network instead of um, a siloed and unconnected roads, right? Each road serves a purpose. The highways help you quickly cover longer distances. Smaller country roads connects you to a targeted region. So think about this. How does your blog support your social media presence? How do you leverage your podcast on other channels? When you start connecting the dots, you really start having a coherent uh, channel strategy that's designed to bring in new leads, convert them into customers. Our first example is Avid Kal. He's been on our Growth Deep podcast and on our Growth Talks. I encourage you to listen to the podcast episode if you haven't had the chance yet. Arvid is an author, engineer, co-founder, and ex-CTO of Feedback Panda that he has sold. He's written great books. Uh, I'm sharing all the links with you, obviously. And he has designed a smart and effective channel strategy. He basically writes an in-depth 3,000-word blog post once a week. 
Then he sends it in his newsletter, publishes it on Medium and Hashnode, and then creates a podcast and YouTube video from it. It's the exact same content, so it does not require that much work. And he's adopted that strategy because his audience likes to consume his content in different ways. Some people prefer podcasts, others like to read, others like to watch a video. He then uses Twitter to have a conversation, ask questions to his audience around the same thing. So in a nutshell, he uses his blog to share value, his advice, experience, and thought leadership. And he uses the other channels for content distribution and amplification. And Twitter remains his main social media platform to engage and build uh, his relationships. And he has been growing his followers and his sales consistently over the past few years. So it works. And I encourage you to check him out. Example number two, Luca Restagno. He's uh, another very interesting case. Luca is an indie hacker who's been building in public lead generation and CRM products specifically for Twitter. He runs a laser-focused marketing channel strategy. Twitter is his main channel. That's logical since his products are built for Twitter. But he's also been active on Product Hunt, which is a fantastic community if your audience is indie hackers, startup founders, SaaS developers, etc. His approach is more targeted with um, fewer channels, but uh, requires a more significant involvement in his top two channels. He's also doing quite well. Uh, I also encourage you to check him out and share the links to his Twitter profiles and products. Last example is us, and I'll share with you what is our own marketing channel strategy that we've recently adjusted. We follow pretty much a similar approach to what Arvid is doing. Our blog and our podcast are at the center of what we produce. We create in-depth, long-form articles that provide, we hope, high value per word, concrete examples, and actionable tips. And we reuse and repurpose that content in our newsletter, social media, and with shorter podcast episodes. So our podcast, which used to be solely interviews, will now have this new type of episode. It's, I think, a great way to offer a variety to our audience and is a nice way to extend the content that we create to YouTube. It's obviously not as efficient as the the tight ship that Arvid is running, but we want to give it a go. Since we've adopted this new approach at the beginning of this year, super recent, we've already seen an increase in lead generation. So we will keep you posted. So let's wrap things up. Being intentional with your digital channel strategy will boost all of your awareness, acquisition, and retention initiatives. Since you don't have unlimited resources, it's critical to focus on one or two main channels. And you can still rely on the others as uh, content amplification channels or more specifically to build relationships and engage with real people like a real human being. Keep in mind to set goals and measure what you do. You don't have to nail everything you try, but you should always learn from all of your experiments. If you don't, you'll find yourself crying alone in your bed And that's not a great place to be. All right. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe. If you have any comments, feedbacks, and questions, let us know.